So, do you know the reality of your real? On this installment of The Grind Defined, I'll discuss our mental real and the four elements of a mindset foundation reset. So get ready because the grind becomes official right now. Beautiful people, greetings and welcome to the Grind to Find. Terrell and Michelle here, certified spiritual mindset and wellness coach, helping high achieving women find fluidity between their emotional, spiritual, and physical well being by bridging the gap between who they are in service and who they were designated to be by our Creator. You know, I'm feeling pretty amazing today. And why am I feeling amazing? Because I'm going to tell you something in the face of all of the foolery that you see in the world. God is so real. He shows himself each and every time and lets his believers know that there is a beacon in the light. Is there light on you? It's light on me. But anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so glad you're here. If this is your first time, hey, glad you came to hang out. If you're returning, uh, hey, <laughs> welcome back today. Oh yeah, we have a lot to go over today. We are in Q4, the last quarter of the year, and we have been going through our Mindset Foundation Reset. We are on people the third element. Can you believe that this is the third week already in October? Time is not waiting for anyone, none of us. But before I get into all of that, I have to let you know that if you're here and you're not following me, I don't know, maybe you've just been busy, preoccupied, or just in case, it's just that you've been a little bit busy, maybe you didn't have the information, we'd well, like to hit, hit, go. Go to thegrindtofind.com, click on feed, and that way you can follow me so you can get some of that that plain tea there are various apps to choose from and when you do choose one make sure you click that notification bell so you know when i upload but you know what if you like extras in your tea extra anything in your tea if you like caramel in your tea mm-hmm, because it's fall for some of us i'm in sunny florida so it's 84 degrees today but anyway that doesn't mean you don't want caramel in your tea or anything else but if you like something extra in your tea then you're definitely going to want to join the list because when you join the list you get that extra extra heads up on what's coming with different episodes what's going on on at tarolamichelle.com and other endeavors that I have going on. There's going to be some new stuff coming for 2022. Listen, I know I go over a lot of information in these shows and you know, I want to make sure that there's plenty there for those of you who are listening and you're connecting with this and you want to be able to, to do some of this work on your own. I want to make sure that it's a lot there, but I don't want it to be too much in one episode. Listen, I don't know. I don't know. I know if it's me and I'm taking my time to listen, I want to walk away with something that I can practically applied like today because I'm impatient. I don't have time to be waiting the whole entire month before I have something that I can use. So the goal is to give you something that you can practically apply each and every episode. So y'all, I try not to make it too, too much at one time, but hey, if you get on the list, you'll know what's coming. You'll have an opportunity to prepare and uh, you'll also be updated as to some other things that are going to be coming in 2022 to help us to be able to have this information be a little bit more digestible if it's quite a bit and of course you always have me yours truly for support all right all right so so before I get into detailing the third acronym for the mindset foundation reset fuel 
Bowl, which is what we're going to be dealing with today, I want to take a moment to refresh and put into perspective an understanding of our mental reel. If you want a, a full breakdown of the mental reel, you can find that in episode four. That episode talks about uh, the first element, which is fear, which is dealing with cause. Episode four is dealing with cause. Episode five, the fast, is dealing with the pause and the reset. Episode six, which is where we are now, is dealing with the renewal of our minds. And episode seven is going to be dealing with revive, reviving and moving forward. So something to keep in mind, you know, the power of our minds is that we store and catalog whatever information we give our minds. We interpret that information, draw our own conclusions and proceed based on those conclusions. Now, when that data is unfavorable, the emotion and self-judgment associated impacts how that stored information is interpreted, the conclusions we reach, but most importantly, the actions that we take. Those actions are almost always based on flawed perceptions of who we are. And why is that? Because the information that we're operating from is negative. And as time progresses, the negative highlights from hurtful past experiences that are stored in our memory and compile over time, they create this reel of hurtful memories and experiences that replay over and over and over again. Uh, these memories can be triggered by similar feelings, surroundings, settings, people, all types of things in our external environment. And it just seems as though these things will pop up without warning. All right. So this negative reel we create when we keep and replay our memory of emotionally and spiritually painful experiences throughout our life. And we have many different experiences, some favorable and unfavorable, but we do get to choose the data that we keep and store in our mind and what data we discard. And a lot of the times it's easier for us to believe that what's in our minds we have no control of. We feel that way and sometimes it'll appear that way because we haven't come to the understanding that when we're intentional, we control everything that happens with us. So that's just a little bit of a recap and a refresher as we go ahead and glide into the third installment of our Mindset Foundation Reset. Many of us have a fear of being unexpectedly exposed, be it spiritually or physically. No matter what, we want to be able to choose whether we show up spiritually or physically naked. Unfortunately, the very nature of unexpected exposure requires the element of surprise. Mm-hmm. This fear being realized would be like laying down fully unclothed after a warm shower from a long day. You drift into the most comfortable, calm sleep possible, feeling as though you're wrapped in the perfect warmth of a blanket carefully knitted in the finest fabrics that mimicked velveteen clouds, nestling you securely. A tranquil atmosphere so clean and crisp that with every inhale, you take in air so pure it's like a spiritual tonic mixed with specificity for your body's needs. Then you exhale, detoxifying your temple, neutralizing the impurities of your mind and reassuring your soul this space was created for your renewal. This space is affirmation, confirmation, and a permanent designation in God's book filled with those moving in the right direction. Just when you turn to fall deeper into heavenly bliss, you feel a slight chill. Eyes still closed, you reach around to feel for your heavenly cloak, only to have your fingertips wander about in the purified air. So, you unwind from the cocoon you made with your body to stand. You wipe your eyes and slowly open them to find yourself standing in front of the customer service counter at your local grocery store. At this point, you're hating that you put off waxing. <laughs> 
Introspection can feel like this, the ultimate exposure and vulnerability in the middle of carefully crafted spaces we create as an escape from momentary peace. Indeed, before we take on this journey, we are asleep, and the fear is, will we be able to handle exposure if we wake, and how deep will that exposure take us? Will we rise again? Can we rise again? The answer is yes, if we trace our roots. Let's take a moment to calm our minds and reflect. Now, let's glide into the third element of our Mindset Foundation Reset, Fuel. So now that we've identified how fear plays a role in our mindset foundation, becoming completely and totally chaotic, and we know the importance of a fast, it's only right that when we go into resetting the foundation of our minds, we incorporate root tracing and get connected to how to refuel moving forward. So that's what this third element, fuel of the mindset foundation reset, is all about. The acronym for fuel, that stands for faith to unapologetically elevate in leadership. It is critical for us to have the faith to unapologetically elevate in our leadership because we were all created to lead. That's what we're doing when we're serving. We are stepping forward as our authentic selves and showing people in living as our authentic selves who God created us to be, our gifts, and how those were meant to translate in service to others. We're walking testimonies. And so in this stage, I'm going to demonstrate for you how to go about setting a foundation for your mind that supports being intentional about keeping information that will only fuel you as opposed to acting as famine. So it's always important to add some spiritual context. And to do that, we're going to visit the book of Jonah today. I'm going to start at chapter two. However, I'm going to jump around a little bit here and there. If you're not familiar, the book of Jonah is four chapters. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. But let me share the story with you. Like to hear it, here you go. We're going to get right into it. God told Jonah, who was known as a phenomenal preacher, to go to Nineveh to preach against the wickedness in the city, something Jonah had done many times before. Jonah would show up and he would do what he was known to do. He would preach that word in such a way where the people would make promises that they were going to turn away from the wickedness and then Jonah would leave and they would go back to what they were doing before. So needless to say, Jonah was not feeling God's order. He's like, been there, done that. It's a waste of time. Of course, he's thinking this. He didn't say this to God. So Jonah decided, I'm just going to jack out. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go to Joppa. That's the oldest part of Tel Aviv and board a ship, head out of town. So Jonah got on that ship. He went down below and he ended up falling into a deep sleep. So while he was down there sleeping, this violent storm began. And I mean, this storm was crazy. It threatened to tear the boat apart because of the high winds, the way the water was just crashing up against the boat. And so the men on the boat began praying to their gods because they're wondering, what in the world is going on here? And no matter how much they prayed, their prayers did not work. So the men panicked and they started to throw cargo into the sea to try to lighten the boat. They did everything that they possibly could. And when they realized nothing was working, the captain decided to go and find 
that man, Jonah, that they had once seen on the vessel, but they didn't see then. So when they went looking for Jonah, they found that he had laid down and he was in a deep sleep. You have this boat just ripping and raging and they're throwing cargo off and Jonah's just like counting cheap. So the captain approached Jonah and he said, this is chapter one, verse six. What are you doing to sleep? Get up, call your gods. Maybe your God will think about us and we won't die. So meanwhile, the crew was like, come on, let's cast lots to find out who's responsible for the situation that we're in. So they did cast lots and came to the conclusion that Jonah was the reason why this is happening. Now for clarity, when they casted lots back in the day, think that's similar to doing a coin toss today. It was a way of decision making. And when it was done properly, the will of God was determined in that way. So they all, they like, hey, you need to tell us what's going on. Who are you? What do you do? Where did you come from? What country are you from? What's your nationality? They ran down the gamut trying to figure out what's going on. So Jonah lets him know, well, hey, I'm Hebrew and I'm afraid of the Lord. He's the one who's doing this. My Lord, he's the one who made the sea along with dry land. This is chapter one, verse nine. And so the men are looking like, okay, well, we hear what you're saying, but what exactly did you do? What's the reason why we're in a situation where it's appearing as though we could all be killed? Why are you running from your Lord? Jonah told them in chapter 1 verse 12, the Lord was mad because he ran from them. And so they asked him, what can we do to get out of this situation? And Jonah told him, well, the Lord is after me. So if you pick me up and toss me into the sea, then the water should calm down and you guys should be okay. But they were like, well, no, you know, we're not trying to throw you out there. It's, it's, it's a pretty bad situation, but we're not trying to do that. We're not trying to be in trouble with your Lord. So the men decided that they were going to try to row the boat back to dry land, but but they tried and tried and tried and it wasn't happening. And they became clear that, all right, we're either gonna go down for what this dude did or we're gonna get this dude off our boat. So they decided, yeah, dude, you have to go. <laughs> so after them praying and asking God to forgive them, this is uh, chapter one, verse 14. They say, um, please Lord, do not let us perish because of this man's life and do not hold us responsible for innocent blood because you Lord have done what you please. So after they prayed to God to try to see why A, you know, covered their behinds, then they got together and they threw Jonah overboard and indeed the water calmed. When Jonah hit the water, he was swallowed up by a sea creature, a huge fish. And it was at that time that Jonah decided he would pray to God because he knew that by this point he was wrong from running from the Lord. What's interesting is that uh, a lot of us think that we can run from God. <laughs> There was a time, a long, long time ago, uh, my daughter was young and she was saying that if the world were destroyed, we should just go to the Bahamas. She was single digits. I don't remember how old she, she was. She was young. I can't remember how old she was, but isn't that how we think? We think that there is some place that we can go where we can somehow outrun God like he's like not God. But anyway, <laughs> so Jonah's in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights. And during this time, Jonah prayed, and this is chapter two, verse three through nine. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea. Flood waters engulfed me. All your breakers and your waves swirled over me. So I told 
told myself, I have been driven away from you. How will I again gaze on your holy temple? Floodwaters encompassed me, the deep surrounded me, while seaweed wrapped around my head. I sank to the roots of the mountains. The earth's prison bars closed around me forever. Yet you resurrect me, the dead from the pit. Lord, my God. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you in your holy temple. Those who cling to vain idols leave behind the gracious love that could have been theirs. But as for me, with a voice of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Deliverance is the Lord's. After the Lord received Jonah's prayer, he commanded the fish to release Jonah. The fish did that by spitting Jonah back up. So round two, the Lord tells Jonah again, I want you to go to preach against the wickedness in Nineveh. And this time, needless to say, Jonah decides that he's going to go, but he's still not happy about it. So Nineveh was large, right? It took him three days to go throughout the town, and he didn't have the passion that he had when he went before, when he told the Lord that, hey, these people don't listen. So it was kind of like really nonchalant when Jonah was going back to preach to the people. In fact, Jonah kept it short and sweet. He didn't have the patience or time that he had before. He told him exactly what God told him to tell him. And in chapter 3, verse 4, he proclaimed the Lord's message, 40 days more and Nineveh will be overthrown. That was pretty much it. So you can do what you want, gonna be overthrown. Yeah, you over there, live it up. You should stop, gonna be overthrown. It was kind of like that. Straight to the point, done with it, done with these people. And the people did like they usually do. When the message reached the king of Nineveh, he got up from his throne, he removed his royal garments, he covered himself in sackcloth, he sat down in ashes. This is in uh, chapter 3, verse 6. And then the king made a proclamation that he published throughout Nineveh by decree of the king and his nobles. No man or animal, herd or flock, is to taste anything, graze, or drink water. He was letting everybody know, now is the time to fast for us to move away from sin because if we don't, we will be no more. And God decided, once he saw the people turning from what they did, that he was going to spare them. He was not going to smite them all, <laughs> which really ticked Jonah off. Jonah was like, really? I had let you know before I came here how these people were and what they were going to do. I experienced this all the time, Lord. I would go to these people. I would preach just as I'm supposed to preach. And each and every time, these people do what it is that they should not do. So Jonah was ready for them to get that heat. He was ready for these people to have to pay for what they had done because of all that he had put in. And it seems as though these people were getting nothing from it. That The people of Nineveh were like, yeah, back, forth, back, forth, flip, flop. So in Jonah's anger, he said to the Lord, and this is chapter four, verse three, Lord, please kill me because it's better for me to die than to live. So then Jonah goes outside of the town and he sits where he prepares a shelter. And when he prepared this shelter for himself and sat down to have some shade, God decided that he would prepare a vine plant. And that plant grew over Jonah's head to offer some shade. And it lasted until the next day when God sent a worm that ate at the plant and the plant ended up withering and dying. And this is all in chapter four, verses five through seven. So eventually the sun rose and it was on Jonah. It was hot. It was taking all of his energy. He begged to die. And God asked him, basically, do you have a right to be angry? And Jonah let God know 
no, yes, I do. I do have a right to be angry. And so God said to Jonah, and this is same chapter four, verse 10, you cared about a vine plant that you neither work nor cultivate, a vine plant that grew up overnight and died overnight. So why shouldn't I be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 human beings who do not know their right hand from their left? This story I chose for fuel because there are several points within this story that are so important to our mindset. So I want to get into those with you right now. Let me begin by asking two very important questions. I mean, since we're going to get fueled up, let's go ahead and go all the way into it. So the first question is going to be, what or who has been your God, your idol, let's say? That's question number one. Question number two, what position have you been playing? What's your position in your life? So I ask these questions for this reason. Let's go back to question one. What or who has been your God or your idol? Let's go back to Jonah's prayer while he was on the inside of that well. Uh, chapter two, verse eight, he says, those who cling to vain idols leave behind the gracious love that could have been theirs. Understanding what your idol has been is so very important. If we think about uh, the first installment, episode four, where we detailed fear, and the previous episode five, where we went through the fast, let's assume for the sake of conversation, that you're somewhere into navigating your fasting process. You may be aware of some of the things that you were holding on to that had become idols for whatever reason. This is a judgment-free zone. And this is important to know because it's all about keeping out debris. We talked a little bit about unforgiveness and we don't want to go back into a space where we slide back into what's been a space of comfort. And so being clear about what your idols have been, what you've held on to, continuing to do the work to understand why. We want solid, strong bricks in this new foundation that we are taking control of. We are no longer operating from a space where we were on autopilot, a space that was crafted by our past, by childhood, by different th things that have come about over the years. We're no longer doing that. We're in a space where we're in complete and total control. We're present. We're understanding that this process that we're going through is for us to be able to be selective and intentional about what we choose to keep and what we're discarding and why. And so understanding what your idols have been is a critical point that we all must come to and make it a part of our practice to maintain this awareness until those things have been removed from our mindset. And understand, you didn't get these things overnight. Some things as you go through your practice, you'll be able to get rid of altogether, but expect for there to be some residual data that's still there. This process is all about eradicating things altogether or being able to record over information that's there in your mind. So again, give yourself some grace and some latitude. Question two, what position have you played? Well, going back to the story of Jonah, sometimes we become too full of ourselves. If you remember, Jonah wanted Nineveh leveled. And that's because he went many times on God's behalf and he felt as though he made an impact only for those people to run and turn back to the wickedness that they had been involved in before. Jonah forgot his position. He was the tool 
and not the source. And because he forgot his position, he wanted those people killed because they didn't meet his standards and they didn't respond in the way that he thought. Well, let's apply this to us. Oftentimes, we slip up on what our position is in this world. Remember when I mentioned in the previous episode, is it about the mission or is it about man? And when we're clear that it should always be about the mission first, that helps us to establish a true north for ourselves, put into perspective who our employer is. So we wanna be clear that we understand our position and we play our position and we embrace the fact that the weight of people and things around us, we don't have to carry. We have someone to do that for us, our creator. Moving on from that, let's get into root tracing. And root tracing within the context of our acronym, just to remind you, is faith to unapologetically elevate in leadership. That's fuel, faith to unapologetically elevate in leadership. This begins with the three-step mindset foundation strengthening strategy. That's what root tracing is. And what it does is it reinforces intentionality when it comes to being proactively present. And to be present is to just be aware of what we keep as fuel and discard as famine in our minds. And this three-step process involves us embodying our calling, that's number one, strengthening our identity, our God identity, which is number two. And then number three is going to be being able to identify weeds versus roots. So let's get into them. Number one, if you think about roots, we're thinking about trees, like we said. So we want to set our stalk. What that basically is, is we're setting a base of new beliefs for our life. And we're having the courage to embody what those beliefs are in the face of our fears, in the face of uncertainty. This is how we're able to connect to our calling. This is how we're able to boost our confidence in that which is greater. And that which is greater is the first letter in our acronym, FAITH. That's what it means to have faith. It's confidence in that which is greater, confidence in God. So if we're setting our base for our new beliefs with confidence in who we know God to be, then that's what helps to balance the fear and the uncertainty when that comes about. But setting your base for new beliefs means nothing if you haven't if you haven't established, excuse me, your identity in God, your authentic identity in God, your authentic identity in God. These are what your new roots are, because if you have a negative reel, which we all have, that negative reel, as we talked about before, it has a network of falsehoods that we allow ourselves to exacerbate over time. So the way that we establish new roots is to be unapologetic, which is our second letter in our acronym. We're being unapologetic in who we authentically are. And sometimes it's hard for us to discover who we authentically are, which makes it impossible for us to connect to our calling. The answer to discovering who you are and establishing your God identity, which is who you are in God, comes down to becoming clear about five core areas of who you are. Now, I don't have enough time to detail God identity in this particular episode, but if you stay tuned, we're gonna deal with God identity in depth next month. Moving on to number three, which I mentioned being able to identify or tell the difference between weeds versus roots. But when we talk about weeds versus roots, what I'm referring to 
is emotion, which would be a weed, versus enlightenment. This is important because this goes in correlation with E in our acronym for elevate. It's so important to be able to distinguish the weeds from the roots in your life because if you cannot, elevation is not possible. You may begin, but you're just gonna fall flat. <laughs> Hopefully you won't chip or break a wing if you were flying. You know what I mean. So emotion versus enlightenment. In order for us to continue to elevate, we have to be able to distinguish the difference between the weeds and the roots. So what do I mean by this? As we move forward through this process, of strengthening our faith to unapologetically elevate in our leadership. As we do that, there are gonna be different things that are going to come up that are going to be similar to experiences that we've had before. Now, if those things arise and you have emotions that you act on, emotions are not roots. And that's because our emotional state is something that is up and down, it's ebbing and flowing, it's fleeting. It rarely stays the same, and it can manifest in many different ways. So when you're in those spaces, understanding that that emotional roller coaster to the negative can kill, will kill any progress if it's not checked, if you don't know how to identify when those things rise up, it's very easy for you to fall off track and go back to what you're used to. Roots are always going to be enlightenment. It's going to be a different perspective that you didn't have before. Something that maybe you knew before, but it hit you different and actually changed the way that you move. Enlightenment is in direct connection to your spirituality because spirituality brings light and feeds. Whereas when we're dealing strictly with emotion, that saps light and it actually saps you. So understanding when you're in a space of enlightenment versus emotion is going to be critical and you continuing to be able to stay on track with your journey. And then last but not least, that L, when we talk about leadership, this is something that is difficult for a lot of people because we've been socialized to think that every leader is out front, that you're the front man for a situation. There are different levels to leadership. You don't necessarily have to be a front man on display for a particular thing to be a leader in your own right. You were all, we were all created to be at the forefront in the lives of others. And that could take many different shapes. So I want for the purposes of this conversation, for us to allow ourselves to redefine what leadership means for us. Similarly, I like to have the same conversation around success. Success in this world is a trap for so many people because we allow ourselves to buy into what the system has told us success is. And success in the system is tied to things, is tied to status and external status. Leadership is the same way. We've allowed leadership to be defined for us. Leaders from a spiritual perspective are completely and totally different than leaders from a physical perspective. And the reason why they're different is because where they're leading from makes all the difference. What's the motivation? What's the agenda? When we're leading in spirit, 
The motivation is Christ. And what we're looking to do is to impact people in a way that doesn't glorify us, but it glorifies him. Leadership externally, and I'm not saying that this is always the case, but if it's not from a space of Christ, I'll say that. Leadership externally, if it's not from a space of Christ, has everything to do with glorifying the person. And it's not necessarily about the good of people without getting anything from the world, but getting things from our creator first. Those are just some things to keep in mind. So when we're fueling our lives, we're activating our faith and unapologetically, authentically, organically owning our message and purpose so that we can elevate in leadership. When we elevate in leadership in this context, we're not only leveling up ourselves, but we're leveling up and modeling what it's like to live in Christ. And this is so very important. And at the end of the day, that's what this journey is all about. It's about finding our space, our place within this life and within this world that matters. And that can't happen externally. That happens internally and then it radiates out. That's the power of introspection. I started off with the story in the big in, in the beginning of this, talking about how uncertain that process of introspection can make us feel. But I want everybody to remember that the exposure that we feel in the beginning when we decide to go inward, deep inward like that, that's a trick of the enemy. We have to know, and if you didn't, you, 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 you've been notified today, <laughs> that those feelings are not of God. It's the rope-a-dope. It's the trick to keep you in a space that may feel safe on the outside while you die slowly on the inside. And that's not living, that's existing. We are fueling. You hear that beat? That beat is speaking of being fueled. Let's take it in for a minute. You feel it? You feel me? <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're taking this time to believe. If you're listening to this and you're not sure, it sounds good. And then you turn it off and you're like, mm, you know what? You know what? Yeah. And then you take whatever notes you have and you throw them in a drawer. No, 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 no. None of that. Replay. Choose to start somewhere. If you're already in the middle of what it is that you're doing, add this to your arsenal. Add it to your tool chest. It just takes showing up. And now that you're in TGD Studios, you don't have to do that alone. So that is it for content today on The Grind Defined. You know what? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I hope you are too. There was so much more that I wanted to say about this, but you know, I have to watch time because y'all know that I can go on and on and on. <laughs> you know how it is. You know how it is. There's no way that I could continue to go and not stop for another maybe 40 minutes, but I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't. If you're listening to this for the first time, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to tune in. Those of you who have come back to see me, what up, yo? <laughs> that didn't even sound authentic, I guess. Anyway, that's how I say it. But <laughs> log on to thegrindtofind.com, click on feed, get that plain tea. You want something extra in your tea, you're definitely going to want to join the list. And uh, from thegrindtofind.com, you can get tarolamichelle.com and uh, links to everything else that I'm doing. I want you to stay in the know. I want you to stay connected to me because I definitely want to stay connected to you. Hey, always define your grind and never let the grind define you. Tarol and Michelle out until next time. Peace and abundant blessings.